turn over to page 72 in the book, and you'll see that, uh, let's look at the Israel and the wilderness, the time of transition, and we have a crisis of unbelief at Kadesh Barnea. God is ready to lead the nation out of um, out of the wilderness and into the promised land. The, the nation should be ready to receive that part of the Abrahamic covenant that God had promised to them. But it's revealed that they have rebellion in their hearts. They're not ready to receive it, and they don't act in, an, in a proper way. So the crisis of unbelief at Kadesh Barnea, chapters 13 and 14, the critical portion of the book of Numbers. When Israel arrived at Kadesh Barnea, 12 spies were sent into the land of Canaan to observe the conditions of the land and the people. Deuteronomy 1.22 makes clear that the people, not God, originated the idea of sending the spies into the land. After spending 40 days in Canaan, they all returned with glowing reports of the fertility of the land, and they had agreed that the peoples of, the, of Canaan were mighty, living in fortified cities. But ten of the spies discouraged the people of Israel by declaring it was impossible to possess the land, and only two spies, and note the names of the two, Joshua and Caleb, encouraged the people by reminding them that God would give them the land. But the people who had repeatedly doubted God, God's love, and had complained against Him responded in fear and unbelief. They spoke against the Lord Himself in chapter 14, verse 3, as well as Moses in 14, verse 2, and they intended to kill Moses and return to Egypt in 14, 4 and 10. The rebellion did not succeed because of their blatant unbelief. God declared that the rebels would not enter the promised land. Israel, as a result, would spend 40 years aimlessly wandering in the wilderness until that generation died. That generation lost the blessing of God, but did not destroy His purpose of making Israel a great nation. Okay, so God had something good for the nation, and because they were complaining in their heart, they acted out against the will of God. Notice that uh, God had given the promise. Had Israel believed, had the nation believed, then the promised land was theirs. Now let's take a moment and let's look at Numbers chapter 13 and 14 in the Bible to get a grasp of what's really going on. So you can turn there in your scripture. I'm using the English Standard Version, the ESV just for your reference. So, Numbers 13 says, verse 1, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men out, uh, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel for each tribe of their fathers. You shall send a man, every one, a chief among them. And so Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran, according to the command of the Lord, all of them, men who are heads of the people of Israel. Let's skip down to verse 17. Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up into the Negeb and go up into the hill country and see what the land is and whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, whether they are few or many. Now, Moses is telling them uh, to do essentially what the Lord said, but uh, I'm wondering here, when he says to see if they're strong or weak, it doesn't say that that's sin, but there ought to be a time, this ought to be a time where 
those who were spiritually minded are reflecting and thinking to themselves, are we going to find out if they're strong and weak so that we know what how many men to send in for this battle situation or this one? Or are we finding out if they're strong and weak um, <clears throat> and that's going to cause us to be tempted to say, hey, these, these folks are going to be very easy to take or these folks are going to be hard to take. In other words, are they going to trust the Lord or are they not? Are they going to be those who have faith in what the Lord's promise is or are they going to be like Abraham and Sarah who come up with the idea of bringing in Sarah's handmaid, Hagar, in order to assist the Lord in fulfilling the Lord's will. And so this, this is where the problem lies, because as the text continues, notice verse 21, uh, So they went up and they spied out the land, we're in Numbers 13, verse 21, uh, from the wilderness of Zin to Rahab near Labo Hamath, they were up, they went up into the Negeb and came, and then it lists a number of places. Verse 23, they came down to the valley of Eshkol and cut down from there a branch with a cluster of grapes, and they carried it on a pole between two of them. They also brought some pomegranates and figs. That place was called the valley of Eshkol because of the cluster that the people of Israel cut down. Now the report Verse 25 of chapter 13 of Numbers. At the end of 40 days, they returned from spying out the land, and they came to the Moses and Aaron and all the congregants of the people of Israel and the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh, at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. They told them, told him, We came to the land to which you sent. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there, the Amalekites, dwell in the land of the Negev, the Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the hill country, and the Canaanites dwell in the sea along the Jordan. So the people are getting worked up. They are fearing though it could be and not trusting in the Lord. And Caleb, a man of faith, in verse 30 he quiets the people before Moses and says, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we're able to overcome it. Well, Caleb's a good leader. He's trusting in the Lord. He's a man of faith. And he says the wise thing. And then the men who had gone up, they respond in verse 31, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone to spy it out is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people all the people that we saw in it are of great height. And there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, and we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seemed to them. Now, these are the two contrasts of a person of faith you have Caleb who's believing the Lord and very likely is converted. This is a true believer within Israel. And then you have these other men and they are not uh, trusting in the Lord. And I don't know what all of their conditions were in terms of salvation, but they're looking to themselves. They've forgotten God. 
And it's quite astonishing because God is in sight of where they are, um, meaning they're camping, and they're camping with the, uh, the, the cloud by day and the fire by night. They can see that God is with them. They can see the fulfillment of the promises, but they simply look at themselves and they say, we're like grasshoppers in their, in their sight. And what they don't remind themselves of is, well, maybe we're grasshoppers, but grasshoppers with God on their side can conquer anything. Grasshopper um, may not be strong, but God is all-powerful. And so in verse 14, chapter 14 rather, then all the congregation, in verse 1, they cry aloud, the people wept that night, and all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said, Would that we have died in the land of Egypt, or that we would have died in the wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become a prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to one another, let us choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Now, beloved, this is what happens when we look to ourselves and don't look to God. We forget His promises. We forget who He is. And we're ready to simply retreat and run away. And that's what the nation is doing. And if you're going to be someone who is leading a church, beware the folks who always are looking out for their own self-interest. They're always thinking about what they can't do rather than looking to God. Now, I'm not talking about, um, you know, that we need to be the kind of people who are going to seek out something for ourselves, but rather I'm saying we should be people who trust in the Lord and what He says that we should be and do and the gifts that He says He has for us, all the spiritual gifts in the heavenlies that we would have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, all the fruit of the Spirit, that is ours in abundance when we look to the Lord and we trust Him to do what He can do in our lives. And that's what Israel needed to do. God, you can accomplish anything. And they needed to see God as big rather than the Amalekites and all the others as big.